Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, are we being a Grinch when it comes to Christmas in November? What's the new direction for Netflix? And is it do or die for Hitman? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great programming. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without the man himself. It is the Martian leader of the Humanica Media. You got to check out everything going on with Humanica Media today at humanicamedia.com, Humanica Media on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and so much more. It is my good friend. It is. Josh Peterson. Beep, 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 man. It is going to be another great weekend in pop culture. Wouldn't that be great, though, if we did? I, I mean, I don't know if it'd be great, but wouldn't it be cool if we did discover an alien life form out there? I mean, I would hope it wouldn't be benevolent, but still, like, it would give us reason to look up to the stars again, you know? And that's not something we do much these days. This is true. I remember you talking about the time of First Man. You were talking about the hopes and dreams we have as youth and looking up into the stars and wondering more about it. And unfortunately, First Man didn't come off too well. Looks like it's just another bump in the road for some of the actors that were involved. But hey, it would be nice if we could go ahead into the stars and understand and learn more about it because we're just pretty much what I think is a blip in the stratosphere as well. And wouldn't it be nice to know if there was someone out there that wanted to go ahead and make nice, nice with us and Maybe sit down and watch some great pop culture movies with us this holiday season. Amen. Well, it is going to be another great episode we've got for you today. We've got Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Prater Podcast. He's going to be previewing some of the games in Week 10 in the NFL. Also, as well, we've got Ben Arnault from the Smoking Hot Confessions Podcast and SmokingHotConfessions.com. He is also going to be stopping by talking a little bit about the wonders of pork and some ideas that you might want to take up if you are a pork lover or just someone who hasn't you know, had pork in a while, understand more about what you can do with pork on the grill. He's got some great ideas on that, and he's coming up with that later in the episode. We'll also talk, Josh and I, about what's going on with Netflix. 
they're making some changes. So I wanted to hear some quick thoughts from Josh on, on the new direction that they're going. And then last but not least, we also want to go and touch on as Hitman 2 is releasing into the stores, is it now a do or die situation for Hitman? But first, Josh, it is going to be another great weekend in the movie theaters. We've got some contenders to see if they can battle Bohemian Rhapsody, including The Grinch, which should take the top prize this weekend at the box office. That's looking to do between about 50 to 60 million domestically here at the box office. Your thoughts on The Grinch, is it something that you're interested in seeing? I know a lot of publicity has gone the way in this version of it because it is, again, an animated feature, and it's also starring a mega superstar that's hot right now, especially because of his Marvel duties in Benedict Cumberbatch. This is a weird one because I don't think that's going to do solid numbers right away. I feel like it's going to be kind of like Elf, how Elf wasn't like a, a, a hit when it first came out. But as like the holidays were strolling around, you know, people going to see it on Thanksgiving and go to see it during Christmas break. I feel like that's where the Grinch is going to uh, kind of shine a little bit, because especially because you you got Fantastic Beasts coming out. I don't know how well Robin Hood's going to do. And and it also has on not only does that Benedict Cumberbatch working for it, but also has the fact that like, you know, Disney's got the the Nutcracker coming out. But what I've read about the Nutcracker so far is that nobody really knows what it is. And it's not the Nutcracker that they grew up with. So it's kind of a, uh, a weird like wrinkle in time type thing. Well, it is suffering at the box office currently. It is now uh, what it, it actually performed less than expectations. And this weekend is actually going to be doing much less than that at around just under 10 million is projected to do. There's also other major movies coming out this weekend, including one that's overseen and produced by J.J. Abrams' company, Skydance, and that is Overlord, which deals with a World War II scenario where some allied soldiers get mixed up with some experimental type deals at, at a Nazi facility, which it may include some zombie action there. It's sort of a different beat on the zombie genre and a movie that you have been very critical of in the past, and that is The Girl in the Spider's Web. It's the, I guess, spiritual sequel to The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I want to hear your thoughts on both Overlord and The Girl in the Spider's Web. Do you think that either of those two are going to be able to stand out at the box office, or do you think both of them are just going to get sucked up and be forgotten about by the time the end of the year happens? I think that Overlord's going to get some people to go see. It's going to get the uh, people who love the B-grade horror movies and also fans of J.J. Abrams. But I got to say, their marketing strategy with that trailer was probably one of the most clever things I've ever seen in my life. Because you sit down and you're watching this like, oh, cool, it's going to be another World War II flick. And it takes a 180 turn about halfway through the trailer. And it's not something you're like, oh, this looks stupid. You're like, wow, this looks kind of cool i kind of want to watch it so if people are like me and they want to go see overlord just because of what it is then i think it's going to do okay i don't think it's going to do gangbusters but i think it'll do all right as for girl with the dragon tattoo tell me if i'm wrong or if you disagree but sony has done an absolutely horrendous job of marketing that film like a lot of people didn't even know that it was out you know you see a few th uh, signs on like bus stops and stuff like that but I really I haven't seen any trailers. I go around the internet, haven't seen any like anything popping up online for it at all. It's it's kind of like ghosted its way into theaters. 
I've only seen a couple commercials come out for it. Claire Foy takes the role as the lead in this particular flick. It is something that you have said that you've been very unhappy with because it deviates from the source material. And I think that's something that maybe some others are saying as well. But it is projected to not do very well this weekend at the box office. And that's kind of disappointing for anyone who is a big fan of A Girl with a Dragon Tattoo because that did so well the first time around. This spiritual sequel does not look like it's going to have that same type of magic. Yeah, and that makes me sad, too, because it's such a big book franchise, and they skipped so much, kind of like in the, you know, if if the last Da Vinci Code film would have been The Lost Symbol and not Inferno, it would have done so much better in the box office, because that is a truly great book and a, a truly demented antagonist. With this one, they skipped all of the stuff that develops Lisbeth Salander into... um you know, the character that she becomes in the book that this movie is based on. I, I feel like it's catering to a, uh, I don't know, this this desire just to kind of, it, it's like people don't have the patience for character development anymore. And they're kind of catering to this desire for like a, you know, the, 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 the strong female characters, but she is a strong female character. And I think it would have given it that much more power if they had given her the due that she deserves through the other two books. It is something that is, looks like it's going to disappoint at the box office. Overlord, it might have a future as a cult hit, but I don't think it's going to perform very well this weekend either at the box office. But what is expected to do well, like I said, oh, about 50 to $60 million this weekend projected at the box office domestically is The Grinch. And I'm telling you right now, a lot of people with that are trying to get back into the Christmas mode with that movie, of course, also Sirius XM has already kickstarted two channels, not one, but two channels with holiday music already blasting 24-7. We've seen in department stores all across the United States since basically late September, Christmas stuff in the stores. We haven't even gotten to Thanksgiving, my friend, and we're just barely getting in right now, leaking ads for the Black Friday, which will be going more into detail here in the upcoming weeks, plus our site, popculturecosmos.com. So I want to ask you, my friend, I'm kind of apprehensive about all this Christmas stuff coming out so soon. Does that make me a Grinch as well? Or are you concerned that Christmas seems to come a little bit too early? And by the time actually December 25 rolls around, people like you and I are going to be really burnt out. I don't think that will we be burnt out of Christmas stuff i i don't know because honestly like last year there wasn't a lot of christmas movies out there haven't been and there hasn't been a long time netflix has given us enough to kind of hold us over for stuff like that but like i don't plan on going to see uh you know the nutcracker or the grinch so uh you know personally i won't be burnt out on it but it's just nice this year that there are christmas themed things for people to uh go see because it seemed like for a long time the christmas genre of film was was dying except for like you know like the hallmark stuff and the straight to dvd or netflix stuff or unless it had to be like something crazy where they're going all out like uh, what was the other what was the movie a couple years ago with anthony mackie and seth rogan oh uh that, that also had joseph gordon levitt in it right yeah, um, that's correct i can't remember what it's called but yeah no i know which one you're talking about and, and, and they were doing a lot of christmas themed like the bad santa sequel and some other stuff that they would do each and every year that was kind of like a ha-ha, funny, funny type deal instead of a true Christmas story. But it, it, you may be with the 25th anniversary of A Nightmare Before Christmas. Maybe that will be the closest thing we're going to get. But true Christmas stories, I think that's something that may be lacking. 
I mean, the Polar Express now is still advertised and still utilized on retail products all over that people are now beginning to see pop up all over the place. Even a movie like that, which actually didn't do huge box office, but did okay, is now garnered an extended life because of the fact that there may not be other things to supplant that as far as a Christmas staple each and every year going forward. That's why we're seeing a lot of the stuff that we see over and over again become these Christmas staples in our, you know, in our pop culture diet. And also uh, Love Actually, great movie. And last year they made a short film sequel to it, right? So, I mean, there are staples like Christmas movies that are staples of pop culture that we just, you know, I think we've just filmmakers or people in general just kind of failed to recapture that magic over the years. It, what you could say, uh, Scrooge, The Holiday, those movies always seem to pop up during the holidays. And obviously there's there's a few others that seem to pop up each and every year that, that are standby and traditional, but we don't really get that new overwhelming Christmas movie type deal. So, so maybe it's just me. I don't know. I just Maybe it's just me, but I think Christmas seems to come earlier each and every year. People are just trying to go ahead and, and get into the Christmas spirit a little bit sooner than I think they should because it, it just seems like by the time six eight weeks rolls around and it finally is Christmas, people will be so burnt out on what they've already heard and seen and reacted to when it comes to the Christmas holiday season that they won't actually have enough energy for Christmas itself. Oh, I agree. I agree. But uh, we'll see. Because honestly, like maybe it's just because I'm getting older, but Christmas is just kind of the novelty of Christmas has been fading for me for a long time now. So, you know, maybe I need to get back into the spirit somehow to truly experience what it is you know you're you're describing and and i feel it a little bit but it's you know i've just been so busy to kind of see anything christmasy recently you're a mean one mr grinch and i think both of us now are feeling a little bit like grinches because of the fact that there's so much push upon us when it comes to christmas way before the actual christmas holiday season What are your thoughts out there on the Christmas holiday season? Does it start too soon? Is it just right? Are you excited for the Christmas holiday season? Share us your thoughts on that. And also, are you going to check out The Grinch, Overlord, or A Girl in the Spider's Web? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanica Media, and Game Source on Facebook and Twitter as well. And before we head to the break... Just want to make sure everybody knows, again, we will be going ahead and dissecting for Thanksgiving and Black Friday all the great deals that are out there. And we'll be providing a list of the top deals that you need to follow, especially if you're involved with a lot of stuff with pop culture, consumer electronics, et cetera, et cetera. We'll be sharing our thoughts on the best deals we think you got to go after this Black Friday season. That'll be coming up here soon on our home site, popculturecosmos.com where you can also check out right now the top 200 video games of all time as voted upon by you, the followers and listeners and viewers out there. So we truly appreciate you you checking that out. Also as well, on December 15th at our good friends at Retro City Games, there's going to be a major charity event that Pop Culture Cosmos, Retro City Games, Mario Party Wars, and Go Brothers Gaming are going to be all getting together and formulating as far as a great game night to benefit charities such as Three Square, the UMC Children's Hospital, and also the Make-A-Wish Foundation. 
If you want to know more about it, we're going to be coming up with info on that starting next week. So check out that. But again, it's December 15th at Retro City Games. You got to go ahead and stop by and, and check it out on that date. Or if you cannot make that date, but you want to go ahead and donate a gift, whether it's a toy, whether it's canned food, or whether it's a monetary donation, just stop by our good friends at Retro City Games in Las Vegas. Coming up next, we've got Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. He's going to be previewing Week 10 in the NFL. And just before Ben Arno from the Smoking Hot Confessions Podcast stops by on our show, Josh and I will be back to talk a little bit about Netflix and their plans. And then on the back end, we're going to be talking about the future of Hitman. This is the PCC Multiverse. Looking for an edge the next time you take on your favorite video game? Then check out Vitabrace High Performance Gamer Wristbands. Packed with the power of fruit seed oil, Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve performance, giving you a better gaming experience. Head to MiracleFruitOil.com and use the promo code MEDIA10 to get $10 off your Vitabrace purchase. Whether you're looking to beat the time on your latest speedrun or are fighting your way to the top on your favorite multiplayer or battle royale, Vitabrace can help you reach your gaming goals. Buy Vitabrace today at MiracleFruitOil.com. That's MiracleFruitOil.com. Vitabrace. Win with it. And we're back with the show. It's once again, Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. Week 10 in the NFL is almost upon us. The entire weekend, we're focusing on a lot of great matchups. It looks like it's going to be another interesting weekend in the NFL. And we got to break it down for everyone out there that has a fantasy football team that needs to know what direction to go and wants the latest news. But we wouldn't be able to do that without the fantasy football guru. He is, again, the fantasy football guru for the Fantasy Football Pater podcast. You got to check out full episodes of the Fantasy Football Pater podcast each and every week on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel, available now on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other different outlets. And join the Facebook group today, Fantasy Football Pater podcast. There you can ask questions about your lineups, trades, changes that you might want to make, waiver wire pickups, and a whole lot more. You can throw those questions out there, and you can also directly message this man himself because he is the man in the know when it comes to fantasy football. It is Tyler Baker. Another great weekend coming up for you, my friend, in the NFL. Yeah, man, it's good to be on the show. And did you happen to see that game where Pittsburgh dropped 52 points on the Carolina Panthers? Oh my gosh, it was brutal. If you're a Carolina fan or if you had anybody other than Christian McCaffrey starting in your fantasy league from Carolina, it was a brutal night. Wasn't too bad of a night for Cam Newton, but just wasn't the night that I was hoping for. I know that he was somebody that both you and I were thinking with the back end of the schedule coming now because we are in the second half of the season, that it would look like more and more like Cam Newton would be able to dominate. Just didn't get that performance today from a so-so Pittsburgh defense. But my, we got a great performance from Ben Roethlisberger. 
Do you think that Ben's performance is a precursor to maybe a dominant second half of the season going forward? They've steadily improved. Now, keep in mind, Pittsburgh, for as great as a team, as a franchise as they are, Pittsburgh always finds a way to play down to their opponents. So (laughs) I would be careful whenever they play the Browns or whenever they play kind of a so-so team. They do have that tendency to kind of play down to their opponents, but they've been improving this season. Their defense has, has steadily gotten better. And this is not what you wanted to see from Carolina, but do keep in mind that Cam Newton's schedule in the fantasy playoffs is really good. I'll continue on this by saying that Le'Veon Bell, there were sightings of him in the city of Pittsburgh in some gyms, working Mm -hmm. out, et cetera, et cetera, cryptic tweets, yada, 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 so on and so forth. But nothing really has ever materialized yet. He still has a few days to go before he has to make a decision one way or the other. So at this point in time, it looks like more and more that he is getting less and less when it comes to leverage, when it comes to his contract dispute and his holdout with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, well, watching the game commentated by Troy Aikman and, and um, what's his name? Joe uh, Buck? Yeah, Joe Buck. Man, those guys are awful. I mean, <laughs> in the same sentence, Troy Aikman says, Todd Haley, uh, you know, he just got fired with the Browns, but everywhere he goes, he just does a really, really good job. Just stop. Like, Troy Aikman, do you even hear yourself? But even the commentators tonight were saying that the ownership of the Steelers expects Le'Veon Bell to show up. He has until Tuesday to show up. I mean, it's now or never. (laughs) And, you know, your guess is as good as mine. I I don't think anybody's going to know until Tuesday. But the ownership is expecting him back. I think it would be just a mistake on top of a mistake to punt the year and just not play in 2018. So, hey, hopefully we'll get Le'Veon Bell back on the football field. We'll know one way or the other by next week, that's for sure. But there are more great games coming up this weekend in the NFL. One that I want to go ahead and focus on is Cincinnati which is getting a really, really good team in New Orleans coming off a nice win against the Rams. They're marching into Cincinnati to face off against the Bengals. Your thoughts on that matchup, and especially now that A.J. Green is out. So if you have him on your fantasy roster, unfortunately you're going to have to sit him out because he's got a toe injury that's just not helping him out at all. Yeah, for Cincinnati, A.J. Green is out. And for New Orleans, Des Bryant is in. (laughs) So... Looking at Cincinnati, look, the natural progression, I guess, would be Tyler Boyd. And Tyler Boyd is going to get a lot of targets. I expect him him to get a lot of targets, a lot of work. But Tyler Boyd is a good complementary piece. Tyler Boyd is not super fast. He's not super athletic. I've heard it described as he has a good old man game. You know, he just does a lot of things really well, but he's not a standout. And he's a very good compliment to A.J. Green because A.J. Green can take the pressure away and Tyler Boyd can find those open spots on the field. With Tyler Boyd getting more attention, we'll just have to see. But I think what it's going to end up being, I think you're going to see a lot of C.J. Uzuma. I would expect Giovanni Bernard and Joe Mixon to be catching passes out of the backfield. And then John Ross, 
you know, it would be nice if he could put it together. But other than having absolute blazing speed, the guy is just a mistake waiting to happen. So maybe even Alex Erickson, a guy that they have on special teams and a guy that I've actually seen them in two minute drills go to when the game is on the line that happened last year. And then so they have packages for Alec Erickson, really fast guy, athletic, quick, but they're going to have to just patch it together because that Cincinnati team is going to have to score points to keep up or at least try to keep up with New Orleans. I don't think they will. Then on New Orleans side of the ball, they signed Des Bryant this week. Cameron Meredith is done for the year with injury and they wanted to bring someone in. I'm not expecting too much out of Des Bryant. I think he's, at least for fantasy, I think he's going to be touchdown dependent. Des Bryant was never a speedster. He was never a guy that was going to burn downfield. Des Bryant is uh, a contested catch, physical, my ball mentality type of receiver. So I would expect his production to be red zone targets and, you know, throw a fade to him in the end zone. When they get down into the red zone, I, I would expect him to see some high value targets, but I don't expect a lot of volume. They've already got Traquan Smith there who can stretch the field. And then Michael Thomas does all those great things to receiver. And he has the complete trust of Drew Brees. And they got a couple weapons out of the backfield that they can throw the ball to. So I'm not expecting a lot of volume from Des Bryant. I would expect about what you saw from Cam Meredith, which was not a lot, but maybe a little bit heavier on the high-valued uh, end zone targets for Des Bryant. One last game I want to focus on for this weekend in the NFL before we touch on your thoughts as in a whole, especially the fact that there's a lot of teams out on bye this week. That game I want to touch on is Washington at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, we've talked about the Fitzmagic coming back. Looked okay, looked pretty good. Four touchdowns, two interceptions. That's not bad. You'll take it as far as fantasy production is concerned. But on the other side of the ball, you have Washington, which has a lot of issues, in my opinion, as far as some unfulfilled promise. Alex Smith, Adrian Peterson have looked good at times, have looked okay at times, but neither to the point either of them is really standing out at this point in time. And unfortunately, with the push that's needed in the second half of the season, they just may not be getting it if Alex Smith and Adrian Peterson are just not reaching that level that they once had. Yeah, I didn't think Washington was a 5 and 2 team last week and then they they got they got beat pretty bad. And not only did they get beat bad last week, but the injuries are just starting to pile up. Now, for the better part of the season they haven't had Jamison Crowder, who I think is probably their best receiver. They haven't had Chris Thompson, which brings a completely different dynamic to the game. And then last week they they lost in the game they lost three offensive linemen, Trent Williams, their all-pro or at least Pro Bowl left tackle, he had to have thumb surgery. He's out a month. And then they lose three more starters on the offensive line. It was getting so bad on the offensive line that they almost had to bring a defensive lineman <laughs> play guard. And add on top of that, Paul Richardson, their, their free agent acquisition receiver, he's out for the year. This team is an absolute mess. And even before all of those injuries, Alex Smith just wasn't getting it done in the passing game. The one bright spot was Adrian Peterson, 
but you take an offensive line that's completely crushed. I mean, they're signing guys off the street to start this weekend. So the value that Adrian Peterson had, I would really question that. I don't think that there's any value at all on this Washington offense until maybe Chris Thompson comes back because Chris Thompson could do some things on the field that Adrian Peterson definitely can't. So as far as Washington's offense, there's nobody you can start. Maybe in a pinch, maybe in a pinch, Jordan Reed or Vernon Davis. But then who's going to get the ball? Jordan Reed, Vernon Davis. Who knows? It's just too much of a headache. Stay away. If you have been relying on Adrian Peterson's pretty steady numbers, you're very nervous right now. I don't think he's startable at all. Now, looking at Tampa Bay, Washington's defense is pretty good. They didn't show it last week, but they are pretty good. And this is another week for HaHa Clinton Dix to get assimilated into that defense. So this is going to be a challenge for Tampa Bay, but there's no way that Washington's offense can keep up. Especially when Jay Gruden, for the entire time I've watched him coach, if it's long to go, it's a two-yard pass every single time. And then this was with Kirk Cousins, and now they bring Alex Smith in. And anytime it's it's third and long or or second and long or whatever, you can expect a two-yard pass. Once again, it is Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Patriot Podcast. Catch our full episodes each and every week. In fact, we just put one up the other day. That's available now on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and over 30 different podcast outlets. Plus, also catch Tyler each and every week, two times a week, on our Pop Culture Cosmos and PCC Multiverse. And don't forget to sign up today at the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast Facebook group. If you want to ask questions, there's over 200 fantasy football fans just like you ready to answer your questions on waiver wire pickups, trades, lineup changes, and so much more. It is the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast group on Facebook. My friend, it's going to be another great weekend in the NFL. Any last thoughts on the way out? If you're in a pretty good position and you have the depth, go and try to get A.J. Green. Why? You can still make a trade. You know, is Le'Veon Bell going to come back? Is he not? I don't know. Maybe if Le'Veon comes back, maybe, maybe you can get James Conner for, you know, some good value. Try to work it while you can. But if you're at the bottom end of the standings and you have to win pretty much all of your games, it's time to get aggressive. And if you're sitting on Antonio Brown, you probably need to trade him and try to pick up a couple pieces. You're going to have to do something at this point. And uh, that's when the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast Facebook group is a good way to get a hold of me. And there's a lot of really good fantasy players in that Facebook group. So, you know, if you've got a dilemma, you know, hey, I definitely need to win some games. Here's my roster. You might, you might be able to get some good advice. Like I said, it's going to be a great weekend in the NFL. Looking forward to catching all the games and hearing from you on our Monday show when it comes to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Always great to have you on the team. Just great to have you a part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion-dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. And we're back with the show. Once again, it's Gerald coming right back at you here. 
If you need a listing of where we're at when it comes to radio, because we're on over 15 different radio stations being played seven days a week, including our latest station coming up, Pulse Radio, and we thank them so much for allowing us to be a part of their schedule. Check out our listings today on the Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Stores Facebook channel right there. It's pinned up there, plus also it's displayed right there for you, the schedule of where we're at and when we're being played. And then also, if you take a look at it on the pin post, you can check out where we're being played at as far as over 30 different podcast networks. You get a great deal of those networks right there for you as well. Josh, I know you got a great thing going on when it comes to Humanica Media. So share the goods, my friend. What's going on with Humanica Media? Uh, there'll be a new Topic Ocalypse going up this weekend. And also, we're recording a special episode where on the show, we have always kind of strayed away from talking about religion because it's such a polarizing topic. But we all have enough experiences in religion that we figured it's about time we did talk about it. So I got a buddy coming on who I used to work at a church with, former pastor, and we're going to be talking about the church and tribalism and, and religion and all that good stuff. So if you want to hear something controversial, you best tune into that. I pray no one gets hurt during the making of that episode. Zing. <laughs> <laughs> that is going to be on the Humanica Media channels and also as well the Humanica Media Network available on Podbean, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. My friend also as well, I, meant, I wanted to mention for December 15th and our charity event in cooperation with Retro City Games, Mario Party Wars, and Go Brothers Gaming. We have some special guests that are also going to be there and not just a whole bunch of great things going on because it's game night. We have a major tournament coming up involving Fortnite, also the latest Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, and Call of Duty Black Ops 4, but there'll be some great music as well. Yeah, that's right. We'll be joined by Hyper Schmidt and True Die. They're going to be playing together. Uh, so if you're out in the Vegas area and you're a fan, you should definitely come by and check that out. They'll be, I don't know what time they're going on yet, but we'll have more information on that soon. And I don't know who else is playing, Gerald. Scheduled to appear will be Chris Valenta, who does a great job with some heavy metal video game themes he, with his own version of it. He just plays a mean load of guitar on it, and you, you'll be able to check out his thoughts, his music there. He's going to be doing some sets while he's there, some, doing some great video game covers. And we're hoping to get our good friend Plasma Z. He's, he's hoping he's going to make it. We'll see if that's the case. But right now, he is scheduled to be there as well playing his awesome set, including some of the great songs that you often have heard on our Pop Culture Cosmos and PCC Multiverse shows. My friend, Netflix is making some changes. I wanted to hear your thoughts real quickly on it. Not only are they adding more anime and also animated programs, but they seem to be getting rid of a lot of shows or a lot of programs that are not fully produced and paid for by them, including as you know, some of the Marvel stuff that they've actually let go recently, but a lot of other shows as well. Your thoughts on the changes to the Netflix medium. Is it something you're happy with? Is it something you're concerned about as a Netflix viewer? Or do you think it's going to lead to a lot of better programming and a lot of better choices for you down the road? I'm not happy about them cutting loose some of the Marvel properties. And I'm you know, I'm, I'm looking at it right now, and I don't think we're going to get another season of Daredevil as much as I like that show. You know, we're, we're due for another cancellation uh, announcement. I think Jessica Jones will be next. But 
I get it. You know, I get it from a business standpoint. I get it. They don't want to be tied to anything that's going to their building. So they don't want to have to like halfway through the con- through construction of whatever franchise they're working on, have to pull the plug, you know, after wasting all that money. So I get it from a business standpoint. It goes to show you, though, like Netflix, whatever it is that they're doing, they have to do themselves because everybody wants to have their own streaming service these days. And that's kind of ridiculous. So Netflix really like they can't team up with anybody. They have to team up with individual producers and directors. They can't team up with studios because how long until they pull a Disney, you know, on them and they want to go create their own service or, you know, they, they partner up with, you know, Nickelodeon or something. And they, then Nickelodeon's like, Oh, Hey, we're going to put our own streaming service out. It, it's, Right now, like it's more of an inevitability than anything else. So that's what makes me sad about the whole thing. But, you know, knowing this, Netflix does have the chops to create really great original content. And they have and they've proven that to us in the past. So I'm not too worried about their future, but it does bum me out some of the series that I've, you know, I'm already attached to. Uh, I don't Were we about to break into the anime talks here? Well, like I said earlier, they're adding, what, six more animated programs to their lineup and they're already a very animated, heavy, and reliant network. And they're adding six more animated shows. So they obviously are aware of what drives their business. But will it come to the point where uh, some of these animated shows are going to get left behind in the dust? Will they still give the same kind of love to each of those shows? And more importantly, are they just going to go ahead in the future and as far as a cost-cutting measure because they've been they've been spending a lot of money and even though their viewership base is really high, not being able to support the amount of money that they need to go ahead and pay off all that content. Do you think it's a wise decision to go ahead and continue on expanding on the animated front with all the different shows that they've got coming between the animes, the new seasons of what they're doing already, and also the new animated programs they've got on the way? Yeah, I think so, because Funimation's canceling their, not canceling, but their contract with Crunchyroll's expiring. The Funimation app is pretty costly per month, but Netflix has some good stuff on there. So right now, Netflix and Funimation are really the only, I don't know if Bandai does anymore, but they're kind of the two big distributors of dubbed anime these days. So I feel like what they're doing is good. They need to be consistent with their series, but a lot of their series that are on, like they're there's a lot of love for them, you know? It's not like they're not putting out things that, that people hate. You know, you have, like, Jin and Knights of Sidonia, stuff like that. Like, these are all series that have kind of been laying dormant for a while, but there's a lot of love for it, especially since Funimation is losing a lot of their contract rights. This is kind of the chance for Netflix to come in and swoop some of that stuff up, if you know what I mean. I thoroughly enjoy some of their original anime programming, and Netflix is a good platform for that because you don't... People... Remember back in the day, like, people would want to watch anime and they'd have to go to like these these specialty stores and spend you know 30 40 dollars for something that had what three episodes on it netflix you can just you can stream this stuff you know you don't have to go to specialty stores you don't have to go online you don't have to go to uh you know those japanese stores to and you know try to translate them yourself you can literally just watch them and it's only a matter of time before it comes out so you have netflix and funimation so all the animes narrow down to those two places and i think that's kind of the uh right way to go about it and it's, it's definitely cheaper if you're a budget anime watcher i used to have to go to those stores back in the day back in the day during the 90s to go get my weekly fix for all japan or new japan pro wrestling so i remember that 
quite fondly as far as having to buy the videotapes and whatnot. But yeah, it's definitely a whole different story. I do like the fact that not only a Altered Carbon animated series is coming to the network, but also Pacific Rim after the failure that was Pacific Rim Uprising, it will still come to Netflix in the form of an anime shows. And I think that's actually going to be a wise choice as well. So I'm definitely looking forward to some of the options there that make it to both you and I more appealing. And for them, because they're going to be the majority of it, or if not all of it, owned and operated and paid for by Netflix, that seems to be something that they're targeting because I guess in the long run, it pays out more to them when people watch it and whatnot, as opposed to the stuff that they share. So you're going to be seeing more and more of a transition to in-house projects that are done solely by Netflix and less of the shared type of opportunities that they've been doing so far that have helped them get to where they're at, but also have helped get that large amount of debt that they have and that they need to get rid of. And one of the ways that they're going to go ahead and do that while still trying to maintain a large variety of shows coming into the network and being available for the consumers as well. What are your thoughts out there on Netflix's changes, not only with the animated features, but their original features and original series as well? Are you happy with the direction that they're going in? Or are you concerned because a lot of favorite projects have been cut by Netflix in favor of this new direction for the network. Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, humanic media, game source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, coming up next, Ben Arnaud is stopping by from the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast and smokinghotconfessions.com. He's going to tell us about the wonders of grilling pork and why you may be missing out on some great pork action. And after that, we're going to be talking about the future of Hitman. With Hitman 2 being out in stores right now, is it do or die for Hitman? We'll let you know our thoughts coming up at the back end of the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. Mm, Nothing's better when grilling your favorite meal than adding some delicious Wheelie Q rubs, seasonings, and gluten-free barbecue sauce. Made with the finest ingredients, Wheelie Q products pack a ton of flavor to your meals, whether it's ribs, chicken, steak, hamburgers, fries, or vegetables. To get your hands on some of these tasty Wheelie Q items, head on over to www.wheelieq.com and a portion of all profits made will go into finding a cure for spinal muscular atrophy. PCC Multiverse listeners, act now and get 15% off your order today just by entering the promo code POD2. That's P-O-D and the number 2 at checkout. For the tastiest food on the grill, nothing's better than Wheelie Q items today at wheelieq.com. And we're back with the program. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. Truly thank you for listening to our show. And all I say is, I hope you have eaten before this next segment because I just want to warn you because there's going to be a lot of great food talk coming up because he is back again. Just so grateful to have him on each and every time. He is the master of the barbecue coming from all the way down in that beautiful country known as Australia. It is the host of the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. You've got to check it out today either on smokinghotconfessions.com or on his show itself, 
Many great episodes, already a couple great seasons in the book. Got to check it out today on Libsyn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and so many other different podcast outlets. It is my good friend, and I did eat before this podcast. It is Ben Arnaud. What's going on, man? Oh, you know, mate, bit of this, bit of that. And I'm going to put myself through further punishment by asking you something about almost like a neglected meat when it comes to beef, chicken, what have you, is pork. And I'm not talking about bacon because obviously we just people love bacon. We put throw bacon on anything. It would just go good with anything out there. But it definitely pork, does. It definitely does. Yes, I, I wholeheartedly agree, and so does my heart. Anyway, <laughs> uh, or my clogged arteries. But anyways, pork is something that is not always thought of directly. But whenever you go to the store, it's one of the leaner meats. And also one of the meats that's actually a little bit more thrifty to buy, a little bit more cost effective, but somehow gets neglected when you consider grilling it as opposed to maybe the beef, the steak, the chicken, what have you, when you go ahead the next time you want to go ahead and put something on the grill. Yeah, definitely. So if we're talking about grilling, the first place to stop is a pork chop. And there's some different cuts of pork chop. There's loin chop, there's four quarter chop. And similar to, uh, say, lamb, your four quarter chop is going to be a lot cheaper than your loin chop. But flavor wise, they kind of taste pretty similar. If you like your meat a little bit fattier, then go for the four quarter chop. There's going to be a bit more fat in that. If you prefer it leaner, then go for the loin. But you will pay a little bit more for the loin, at least here in Australia, you do anyway. And so, yeah, I mean, because Australia is so heavily tied back to the British, one of the things we love back here is a roast pork with a nice bit of apple sauce on the side. And what a lot of people don't sort of realize is that you can do much the same thing just with a simple pork chop. So you can start off with a beautiful little uh, loin chop. You've got the little circular part in the middle. You've got that delicious strip of fat around the outside. Just salt and pepper that and then cook it directly over the heat on the grill. I think it's like two minutes either side will probably do it depending on the thickness of your chop. Start off with it that way. And you can actually buy a little bottles of apple sauce. And so the most simple, easy way to do delicious pork is to simply do that, season it with salt and pepper, grill it, get some nice, some nice grill lines charred in there as if you're doing a steak, and then just serve it with a little scoop of apple sauce on the side. And it almost tastes like mum's home done pork roast without having to do the whole big chunk and wait four hours while it roasts and all that sort of stuff. So you can treat yourself to a nice little uh, traditional tasting meal. And it's going to be uh, on the healthier side of barbecue. And uh, it's, it's going to be friendlier on the hip pocket. Now, why do you think pork often gets mistaken or often gets overlooked as far as the somebody going to the store and wanting to buy a meat that maybe will go well on the grill? I mean, just it seems like it just it, it's there when I go to the market. It's right in front. I know the markets try to go in and push it quite heavily, uh, sometimes beyond what chicken and beef are pushed on at the local marketplace where I'm at here in Vegas. I know at some stores as well around the country that pork is just something that's there, it's prominent, but somehow gets ignored by a lot of consumers. And why do you think that is? Mate, that's a tough question. I'm guessing it probably comes down to the fact that for so long, we've associated pork with things like whole hog, Boston butts, bacon, pork belly, all that sort of thing. And so typically when we think of grilling, we tend to think of sausages or steak or hamburger patties and things like that. 
and I think it's just because we haven't done a lot of it in the past that we don't think of it now, if that makes sense. We're not as familiar with pork as a grilling meat as we do associate it with a low and slow type dish. I think maybe the the beef industry has been a lot more effective in their marketing as they tend to hit all the different points. So if you think barbecue, you think brisket for low and slow, you think steaks and hamburger and sausages for grilling, like they've really sort of nailed it. So I think a lot of it is going to come down to the pork industry and how they, you know, hit all those same sort of corners. They can probably take a page from the book of the beef industry and have a look at the strategy that they've used there and then base what they're doing on that, much like DC is trying to do to Marvel at the moment. <laughs> this is true. James Gunn's there now, so hopefully things will head into a new direction. Although I'm really psyched for Aquaman, as I've told you before, as well as uh, some other things, finally, for the DC Universe. But I digress. One more thing on pork. Not everybody's going to be able to put pork on the grill, but pork is something that I think also goes well, whether you're cooking off, off an oven or cook it, put it in the oven, or even if you do have a grill handy, what are some of the things that you can do for pork, maybe to spice up the taste or flavors, rubs, some things that yet you think that people have around the house or can get real easily that might spice up that pork so they can get them maybe a, a better idea of what pork can really do for flavor and for a great dinner plan. Mate, I'm really glad you asked me that. And I'm really happy that you use the word spice as well, because I've got a delicious recipe for you right now. So one of the things that, that happened a few years ago, some friends of ours went to Cuba and they, uh, they eloped in, in Cuba. And I just fell in love with all the photos of the food that they kept posting. Everywhere they went, it was a photo of this, a photo of that. And I sort of became obsessed because I was just looking at the photos and going, oh, that looks so good. And so I started researching it all. And I went, you know what? I'm going to have a crack at this. And what I did was I went down to uh, to my local butcher and I got a piece of pork neck. And pork neck is not is not a real common cut of meat. So it, it's quite cheap. It's very cost effective for people um, sort of, you know, on a, on a bit of a budget. But it's still got quite a bit of fat for that sort of that delicious barbecue juiciness. And so I, I came up with this recipe that's it's a hybrid of grilling and smoking. So we're, we're doing what I call a hot smoke. So instead of smoking at 225, we're going to be smoking at about 300. So we're not going to be spending all day cooking it, but we're still going to get some of that delicious charcoal smokiness on it. So Cuba, spicy, tropical, think greenery, think colorful. And so for this recipe, I came up with a marinade that's it's got orange juice, grapefruit juice, it's got lemon juice in it, it's got coriander, minced garlic, cumin, oregano, red pepper flakes, some of my own special uh, smoked powdered chili, and some salt and pepper. Put that in a marinade, throw your chunk of pork neck in that in a uh, big zippy bag, let it sit for at least two hours to overnight, just a marinade, like let all that fruity spiciness just soak into the meat that's going to be fantastic then for the side dishes i was like okay colorful colorful how can i get some like green and red in there as well so i i developed this uh this little recipe for a side dish of uh, cuban beans so i got some green beans and and some smoked ham that i had left over from christmas and i boiled up the beans and then in a fry pan i put in some onions some garlic and some of this uh some of this diced smoked ham cooked all that up together and then um, added the beans to it, stirred that in, squeezed some lime juice over the top and some salt and pepper. And I mean, that's a delicious meal just in itself, but that's just the side dish. And then the last thing I did was I was thinking, okay, tropical fruit. I want to get some more tropical in there. And so I, I came up with a mango salsa. 
and it was combining a mango, some bananas, some pineapple, some more of that orange juice, the lime juice came back again, and of course a little bit of chili for just that little hint of red flakes through it, and then just gently toss that to combine. And uh, I've put that in my little basic Weber grill, heat on one side, meat on the other, cooking at about 300 Fahrenheit until the internal temperature of the meat was 150 Fahrenheit, and then wrap it in foil and let it rest. And mate, it was, it had a bit of that bark on the outside that we love from traditional barbecue, but inside it was still that sort of semi-firm pink sort of roast pork texture. And it was just, it was amazing. And then coupled that with the smoked ham beans and the mango salsa, mate, that was a, that was a good day. That was a very good day. You're just so terrible to me. I'm telling you, <laughs> so you these great ideas gets me so hungry Almost every time I've actually ever spoken to you, I just have this sudden urge to go and hit the supermarket right after I talk to you. I'm telling you. It is, once again, Ben Arnault from the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. You got to check out his awesome show. Again, I would recommend doing it on a full stomach or else you're just going to get really hungry. You got to listen to it today on Libsyn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and over at least a dozen different podcast outlets. Also as well, you got to check out his awesome site, smokinghotconfessions.com. There's a lot of great interviews, a lot of great ideas as far as cooking. Well, a lot of great pictures there as well that'll make you even hungrier. You got to check it out today, smokinghotconfessions.com. My friend, I normally tell people after I interview them that when the lights go off, I tell them that their pain is over. But for me, the hunger pains are just beginning because I tell you what, after listening to you tell these great food ideas, it just, uh, I think I'm going to have to go and hit the supermarket after all. Sounds good, mate. Sounds good. Don't forget the bacon. Oh my gosh. You know, that's the first <laughs> thing I'm shooting for. That's the first thing I'm shooting for. My friend, it's always great to have you on the show. Uh, just tell you what, I cannot wait to get you back on here for more great grilling ideas, more great cooking ideas. And again, it's just so great to have you a part of the pop culture cosmos if you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games we can help retro city games in henderson nevada only five minutes from the las vegas strip has all your favorite gaming staples classics and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves come in and chat with nicole or doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite and don't forget retro city games loves trade-ins so if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back to close out the show. Want to thank Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Patriot Podcast, and also as well Ben Arnault from the Smoking Hot Confessions Podcast for joining us on today's program. Josh, before we head on out, Hitman 2 has reached store shelves. This is a game that is now broken away from Square Enix, which, as you've read about as well recently, they've had their own money issues. But they're now doing this on their own, and Hitman 2 is out. It's getting pretty good reviews, and it's something a lot of people are still interested in playing as far as a whole series is concerned. So I ask you, my friend, now that Eidos Interactive is pretty much on their own when it comes to producing games, as of this point, what is the future like for Hitman? Is it still something a lot of people are going to be interested in? And at this time, is it a do or die situation for the Hitman series? I don't know, man. Like, I, owe, I respect them a lot because 
you know, imagine what the gaming landscape would be without Hitman. It's been such a flagship series for so long. I'm glad it's still around. I don't think that the partnership with Square Enix was really beneficial for them because Square Enix has this obsession. I don't know if you've noticed this. I have with episodic storytelling, right? Which clearly is not working out for them. It makes me sad. I, I was actually kind of looking forward to that closing chapters of the Final Fantasy 15 DLC. But I digress. Hitman, it's a franchise that people love, you know, and it's kind of fills the void that was left by, uh, you know, Splinter Cell, Metal Gear Solid, Siphon Filter, games like that. Hitman stepped in, gave people that stealthy gameplay that they craved from things like that. And it, it's it's well done, especially like it's done a great job of making the jump from old generation consoles to newer consoles. And it still manages to look fresh and have an engaging story. And I like that they're always casting celebrities in, in vocal roles and stuff. You know, we got Sean Bean in this new one. Hopefully he doesn't or I, he, he will die. We all know this already, but they do a good job. And like uh, just out at the floor on E3 this past year, there's a lot of love. Like there's a lot of fans who wear Hitman stuff. And like there's still this franchise has a lot of goodwill, especially after being, you know, split from Square Enix. Because I know a lot of people were worried that Square Enix was going to keep the Hitman IP but luckily they didn't. So there's a lot of love out there for this, and there's a lot of life left in it. And I think as long as this game sells well, if it sells well and they give, you know, and the fans are not like chewing it up and spitting it out, I think that there's still a very healthy and lucrative future for the Hitman franchise. But what are your thoughts on it? Well, IO Interactive, which is the maker of the Hitman series, I think a lot is riding on it because they're now, like I said before, broken away from the Square Enix shadow. And you're right, Square Enix has made a lot of bad maneuvers lately. And and unfortunately, the DLC for Final Fantasy 15 is one of them. IO Interactive has left that nest of Square Enix. They're now working in partnership with publisher Warner Brothers Interactive. Both IO Interactive and Warner Brothers Entertainment both need a hit at this point in time. The sequel to Shadow of Mordor was not the success that I believe everybody was hoping would be, especially because the first one was so good. So Warner Brothers does need a hit this holiday just as much as IO Interactive. Yeah, I hope so. I think it'll do well. Early reviews I've been reading seem to be doing pretty well. And honestly, like there's not a lot that you can do in a game like Hitman to really diverge from the path, you know, and, and kind of upset gamers. There's nothing out there that's like that. The only thing that I am curious about is people are still like neck deep in Red Dead and Assassin's Creed. So I'm wondering, like, are people going to take the time to play Hitman? Or maybe, you know, this is going to be one of those games where we don't see a big hike in sales until you know late december early january maybe it's going to be a, a slow burner but i hope that that doesn't spell doom for io as far as sales go at this moment in time there's a lot of attention going to all these other games and a game like hitman 2 could definitely get swept under really quickly if they're not careful and at this point it's just a wait and see whether or not it is going to be a do or die situation for hitman 2 warner brothers and IO Interactive. What are your thoughts out there on the latest Hitman? Are you getting ready to go ahead and become the latest assassin? Or are you just interested in other games and maybe we'll be playing it at another time, if at all? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, Manica Media, Game Source, and Popculture Cosmos on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. 
So my friend, it's going to be a great weekend we have coming up in pop culture. A lot of great stuff going on. Video games, movies, television, streaming, consumer electronics, Black Friday's around the corner. We've got our charity event coming up on December 15th. Any last thoughts, my friend? It's just a really a great time for anyone who's interested in pop culture. Yes, please check out our official website at www.popculturecosmos.com. It was a pain in the butt to build, so I would love if you just kind of cruised over and enjoyed it a little bit, you know? It was a lot of hard work that was done. My compliments again to Josh for being able to go ahead and execute that as best as he could. There's a lot of stuff that we still have to do and we have to work on it, but there's a lot of great material, great content that's there. And so hopefully you get a chance to check it out today. That is popculturecosmos.com. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special commercial for We Podcast and We Know Things. Wow, a commercial? Yes, Sam, a commercial. You do this to me every time. Anyway, we are We Podcast and We Know Things, the source for all of your nerdy news in gaming, TV, film, music, and all things pop culture. Heck, even wrestling. We're basically spreading the good word of nerd one episode at a time. Check us out here on the ESO Podcast Network and wherever fine podcasts are, including the iOS Podcast app, CastBox, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. And be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram to keep up with all the goings-on in the nerdy world. Now back to your ESO Network podcast. Who's better than us? You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos, and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.